Okay, this morning I'm going to read from several different portions in the scripture. I'm going to start with 2 Peter, 2 Peter 1, 2 Peter 1, verse 16 to 25. It says this, For we, all of us that are in Christ right now, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables. When we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what I, we want to make clear this morning, God with us, is that he's making known unto us, and again, refreshing us, renewing us, in Ephesians 4 and verse 23, he's renewing us with the fact of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And these apostles here that were apostles because they were eyewitnesses. And that's what an apostle is. They had an eyewitness of Christ. Peter and the eleven, prior to Saul, who became Paul when he met Christ, were the, the apostles of him, Jesus Christ, while he walked the face of the earth. Paul was commissioned by the heavenly Christ. And in that sense, he saw him face to face in that sense. And so that's what it's saying here, that they were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And we're going to see this. The coming of the Lord and what is with it is, is the glory of his majesty. Verse 17, for he received from God the Father, Jesus Christ did, honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice, which came from heaven, we heard. When we were with him in the holy mount, we have, as those that are in Christ, we have a more sure word of prophecy. The better interpretation here would be, we have a more certain understanding of prophecy, because that's what it's really saying, we, as those that are in Christ. We have a more certain word and understanding of prophecy, even, in, even when those all in the Old Covenant were taught about the coming and kingdom of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, they understood it in that sense. But we even have a greater understanding of that than they ever did even back then. This is what this is teaching us this morning. That all of God's pleasure is in his Son that we have in us right now. See, God is very, very well pleased with us because his son is in us and we're in him. And that's why in Ephesians 1, 6, we have been accepted. And so all the pleasure that God has about us has to do with his son and us and us and his son. And so here we have also a more sure, a more certain, greater depth and understanding of prophecy Whereunto we do well that we take heed and understand it, yes, but as unto a light that shines in a dark place, meaning that kingdom has not been revealed just yet on the earth. It will be during the millennial reign. That's why it says that he is, will be at that point, the son of righteousness in Malachi 4 and verse 2. But right now, we're like his little lamps, the light, we're lamps. But what is the lamp without the light? What is the candle without the fire and holiness of the Lord? So we are his little lamps. 
that sh are shining in a dark place. This dark place is this world system right now that we're in. Until the day dawn and the day star rise, arise in your hearts. And that's what he's doing. See? We've been positioned in him, but now as we grow in him, in 2 Peter 3.18, he's bringing out more and more of that, of that reality that, that until the day dawned. See, the day hasn't dawned for them in prophecy yet on the earth, but he certainly has in us in a light that's greater and will outshine the light the light of even him when he rules and reigns over the earth during the millennial reign. And we will be one with him in that because he's our life. That's our position that we have right now. And God would have us to understand that this morning. Until the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. We are only to interpret it through what? Through Jesus Christ. He will fulfill and he has fulfilled all prophecy as far as God is concerned, but will be, it will be manifested as he's already manifested it to us, right? He already has done that to us. And so we, there's no private interpretation. In other words, nothing in this Bible makes sense apart, apart from Jesus Christ. Not one single thing about this Bible makes any sense that's why the key in Isaiah 22 and verse 22 is on his shoulder. He's the key, and he himself, in, in uh, John 10, 7 and 9, is the door. It was that door of hope, even for the Jews, uh, and according to God the Holy Spirit through the prophet Hosea, in Hosea 2 and verse 15, it would be a door of hope in the midst of the valley of Achor, trouble. <laughs> He's our door. And so here it says in 121 of 2 Peter, for the prophecy came, not in old times by the will of man. In other words, they never understood anything apart from Christ who fulfilled all the will of God. Never came, it didn't have anything to do with the will of man or any private interpretation, but holy men, holy men of God, spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now when it says that, they heard the voice from the excellent glory there in 2 Peter 1, 16 and 17. This is what he's hearkening back to. And this is what he was teaching those disciples. And the disciples there were Jews. Those were the disciples. And he was teaching them kingdom truth, which will happen during millennial reign. He was teaching them that. But this is here what he's hearkening back to Peter, who was with him. On the mount, because we know that those were the three in Matthew the 17th chapter that were with him on the holy mount. This is Matthew 17 and verse 1. It says, After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them up into a high mountain apart. It's very interesting. And was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them, uh, unto them Moses, and Moses here in the type, and they all appear with him there. But Moses is a type of all those Old Testament saints. Their faith looked forward to the cross, all those sacrifices and everything. It was teaching them about Christ, who would ultimately come to fulfill the promise 
in, in Genesis 3 and verse 15 and would be fulfilled in Galatians 4 and verse 4, at God's set time, his perfect time, to do so. And so here we see here that there appeared Moses. All those saints, prior, even prior to the cross, but they looked forward and the types of the sacrifice were teaching them. They're there in his presence on the holy mountain. We're going to see what this represents. And then Elijah was talking with him. And that, Elijah is the type, remember? Elijah, he never faced death. Just like Enoch in Genesis chapter 5 and verse 24, he never faced death. And there would be other believers during this dispensation, this dispensation, this time of grace that we're in, this pure grace, and it's way more than an age. It's this time of grace, period. It's what it is. Now, there will be certain others that will not taste death. They will be raptured, and we will see this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verses 13 to 18, and 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52, and we see it in Revelations 4 and verse 1. That's who Elijah is represented. Now, they're with him. And then we see Peter, James, and John. And, and, and what are they represented of? They're representative of those that will still be alive with him, with all these others that represent, Moses represents all those Old Testament saints, and those that were raptured or a part of the church, and then even the natural living ones during what time? During his kingdom on earth, his rule and reign. This is how we understand these beautiful scriptures here. And so there appeared, in, in Matthew 17, in verse 3, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with them. Then here's Peter, right? And Peter, and then we know it's Peter, James, and John, based upon the first verse of, of Matthew 17. And they're the living ones. You see, there were those, there were those that passed through death. Moses, all the Old Testament saints, during his kingdom reign. And there will be those that are raptured. That's us, the bride. In Revelation 19, 7 and verse 9, we are his body, flesh and bones. In Ephesians 5, 30, we are his church. In Matthew 16 and verse 18. And then all those ones that were still alive during that millennial reign, and that's brought out again in Revelation 20, verses 3 and 4. That's what's represented here in these scriptures. And then Peter answered in verse 4 and said, said unto Jesus, Lord, Master, Rabbi, Teacher, it is good for us to be here. <laughs> yes, and it will be good for those three classes of people groups that will be there during his kingdom reign, which will be what? What is the kingdom of heaven? Do you remember in Matthew 6 and verse 10, in the disciples' prayer, those Jewish disciples, he taught them how to pray? Right? In Matthew 6, 10. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Right? And then goes on, give us this day our daily bread and so forth. This is what, this is, what is being brought out here, kingdom. The kingdom reign here. And he said, it is good for us to be here. Yes, it is. Because it's very good. It's good because if those of Moses, the Old Testament saints, and us as the church were born again and were there. And it's good for others 
that are still alive to have the opportunity during the millennial reign to receive Christ. So it's good for them to be there (laughs) when he's ruling and reigning finally on the earth. And then Peter said, and if you will, if you will, that's why we're not to privately interpret the word. This is something Peter had to learn. This is something you and I have to constantly learn. Let us make three tabernacles. One for you, Lord, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he yet spoke, he spake. He was speaking. Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and, bevo- and behold, a voice out of the cloud. This is the, ex- the voice out of the excellent glory we just read in Second Peter 1 and verse 16. Out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. You see, everything about Moses, those Old Testament saints, everything about those that are the body of Christ, the church, the bride, and all those that are there with a potential to receive Christ, it all has to do with only my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. This voice coming down. (laughs) The cloud comes down. This voice comes. And they fall to their face on their knees and were trembling with this awe. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. That's what he says to us. You know, he, he wants Christians to understand prophecy. We have a greater, more sure word, more certain word of prophecy. Not in terms of the light that we have in Christ, it's far greater. It's far greater than the prophetic light. Although we, at, we do good to take heed to it because it was still, and it still is of God. And it still is good that we should take heed and understand it. But we do have a more certain word, more, much more certain word of prophecy. And that's why he said, arise and be not afraid. You see, during his kingdom reign, all those that, are, that he's ruling over, and he's rule, is he ruling in us right now? Right now, as those, uh, as his church, as the body of Christ, he's ruling and reign in us. He's the day star in us right now. He is. Not the prophetic day star. No. Not the prophetic day star. And many confuse these things. They confuse that. They, they, and then prophecy, it scares them because teaching, false teaching, bad teaching, mixes prophecy and what's happening with the church. That's why some think they have to go through the tribulation period. Because the light has not dawned yet in them personally. And I know precious men that were taught these truths, but, that, but got influenced by others in their false teaching. And then they began to teach others. I saw them teaching those certain things on Facebook. I did, and and a certain man that I love and knew. And I prayed, and I did. I prayed, God, please, whatever it takes, please get do a work in him, but get that false teaching on Facebook. I haven't heard a thing about it in months because they're mixing and making prophecy in the church something that we're supposed to be afraid of and has yet to be fulfilled in us when we have a greater light. Now, the prophetic word is true, and it's good, and God is working in it. But we have a day star. We have a day star. So he came, and, and he, he, he touched them, and, 
and, and said, Arise, and be not afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no man except Jesus only. They saw no man except Jesus only. They saw no man in them but Christ. And they never saw them, and they weren't to see themselves outside of Christ. And what an amazing thing that is. Now, we, when it talks about the day star here, we see that, right, in 2 Peter 1 and verse 19. The day star is Christ in us. He's our day star, shining. It says, and he's the light in us, his little lamps in this, this evil world system, this dark place. We have the day star. Right now, you know who's ruling now? Who's the other one of prophecy? And the one who's of prophecy is this one. And we're going to see here in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 9, it says, Hell from beneath is moved to meet you at your coming. This is the Holy Spirit through the prophet Isaiah speaking to the day star of prophecy, Satan himself. And boy, when you confuse those two things and mix them, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of fear. Do you remember? It's, Jesus touched them. Every time he does, that's grace. Love flowing through grace. He touched them and said, what, arise, because that's your position. And there's no fear in your position in me. And when we understand him and have that light that he is as the day star who's fulfilled all prophecy and done that beautifully, there is no fear in love because as he is, so are we in this present world, in this present world in 1 John 4, 17. And there's no fear in love because love, perfect love, completed love, works out fear. It casts it out. Because fear has punishment, torment. You see, some Christians think that. They have to go through and prophecy and somehow God is punishing them and they have to go through and teach us. When Christ in John 19.30 finished the work, all of it, he didn't leave anything undone. And so we see here, hell beneath is moved to greet you at your coming. It stirs up the dead for you, all of hell, even all the chief ones of the earth. It it has raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations, and they will speak and say unto you, Who are you? Also, art you also become weak as we? <laughs> are you become like unto us? Your pomp, all your glorious beauty, is brought down to the grave, the, <clears throat> the noise of your vials. The worm is spread unto you, and the worms cover you. And this is obvious, we, we know from this, that in, in Mark 9, 40, 42, 48, 44, uh, 42 to 48, the worm speaks of the conscience and it dies not. See, that's why death is not extinction. It's never that. The conscience in, in, in hell never dies. It never dies. But for us, we have a cleansed conscience in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. And to the pure, all things are pure. We have the pure light of Christ in us, the day star in Titus 1 and verse 16, 15, Titus 1 and verse 15. But unto, the, but unto them that aren't pure, even their conscience is defiled, but we don't have a defiled conscience. No, we don't. There is no condemnation and there's no guilt in Romans 8, 1 with us in Christ. But here in verse 12, it says, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Notice that? Oh, Lucifer, 
Daystar in the original. Long before he fell, he was Lucifer in Ezekiel 28th, in the 28th chapter, starting with the 15th verse. He was the anointed cherub, the four-winged cherub that covered. Had to do with the throne of God. Led, before his fall, led the heavenly angels in choir worship of Christ, their, their, their creator, in Christ in his pre-incarnate state. Being their creator in John 1, 3 and Colossians 1 and verse 16. He was the day star. But now he's the evil day star from his fall. You see, that's why evil is never attributed to, to God or to Christ ever. It has nothing to do with his will. In James 1 and verse 13, he doesn't think evil, can't even look on iniquity even a little bit in, in the back at 1 and 13 because his eyes are so pure and holy. And so God created Christ in his pre-incarnate state, created Lucifer. He never created Satan. He became that through his own will. He became and he is the fallen day star. We'll see that all through prophecy. Again, when we get into that in the, in the very, very near future. But we see here, he said, O Lucifer, son of the morning, day star. How are you cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? This will ultimately happen in its finality after the thousand-year millennial reign, in its finality, again, in Revelations 26 through 8. He says, For you have said in your heart, here it is, I will descend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above all those stars of God, all those angels. I'll put myself way above them. I will sit upon the mount of the congregations in the side of the north. And we know that that's where God rules and reigns from the north. That's Psalm, 60, uh, Psalm 75, 6 and 7. We see that very clearly in those scriptures brought out. He said, and I will exalt my throne. I will sit in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you will be brought down to hell, to the grave, to the sides of the pit. And they that narrowly look upon you will consider saying, is this the man, this, is this the one that made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdoms? that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof. We see where all that destruction, we know the destruction in, in John 10, 10a, the thief comes to steal, kill, and what? Destroy. And no wonder God sent his word, the day star. In Psalm 107, verse 20, he sent his word and he delivered them from all their plural destructions. that made the, the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, who's behind it all? Behind all this evil that men function in, apart from their wills being submitted, that opened not the house of his prisoners. And we go on and on and we see this. That's who he is. He's the day star in prophecy. And this is what is being taught. And this is what is being taught this morning so that we don't get confused about prophecy. But this is a proper place, and this is what we're going to see. And this is what is what's being taught. And you know, unfortunately for any of us, and we're all growing, all of us are growing in the understanding of this. Whatever, wherever we are in our capacity, we're all growing 
and it's all grace, and whatever capacity we function in, it's all the pure grace of God, nothing to do with natural intellect, nothing that an individual did apart from any part of their growth, apart from the grace and unconditional love of God himself. That's why it says in 2 Peter uh, 3 and verse 18, we constantly grow in grace and knowledge. But what we see in, in this beautiful sense here is what's being taught this morning, the Apostle Paul was teaching newborn baby Christians. And the Holy Spirit had him teach it. And if the Holy Spirit had him teach it to them, he considered that they had the ability and should know and, and live in the absolute hope of it as baby Christians. Literally. Because it's the first thing. It's the first, the first epistle that God the Holy Spirit ever had Paul record was 1 Thessalonians. Here is 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice in. When you see the ends there, you go back to Ephesians. The epistle to Ephesians. The key word there is in Christ. In. In him. Grace as a result. See that? Grace to you. To who? All of us. What's God speaking to us this morning? Grace. And guess what? When we function in that, what do we experience? Peace from God our Father. You know, we have the peace of God, but not only that, we have the God of peace. And he's our Father in John 20 and verse 17. And notice what it says, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, that's who he is. No one makes him that. He is Lord. No one makes him anything other than already who he is. <laughs> we give thanks to God always for you. Can we thank him apart from grace? apart from his love. Making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith. You actually believe this work, you know, this work of faith, and there's a labor in love. Then there is labor in loving. Yes, there is. Because love suffers long, <laughs> and there's labor involved, but it patiently endures in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 4. And, and labor of love, listen, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. And when it says here, the hope, the patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, that is not saying, I hope so. <laughs> it's not saying that, okay? What it's teaching and what is God would have us to learn this morning here is, and I'll read this particular verse, and this is what the hope is. That hope is in Romans 5, verse 5. Hope makes not ashamed. Why? Because Christ is in us and we're in him, in Hebrews 2.11. He's not ashamed to call us brethren. As a matter of fact, he'll declare, he declares our name, which he gave us, <laughs> to his Father. In Psalm 22 and verse 22. But in Colossians 1 and verse 27, it says this, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery that's being revealed among the Gentiles, what, what? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The finished work, hope of glory, is what we look forward to. We look forward to that. That's what that's speaking of there in, in 1 Thessalonians that we just read. And this is why we have to have the preponderance of the Scriptures and understand them in the way that only God the Holy Spirit can correlate them so that we don't function in nonsense and in fear and in confusion, but function in the patience and rest 
of his love for us. <laughs> See? And so here it says again in 1 Thessalonians, we see right here, he said this, the, the patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, waiting for him. What are we doing right now? I'll tell you what we're doing. Prophecies being worked out. And we, we, it's good for us to take heed to it because it's the light of God teaching us what's happening on this earth that keeps, us, keeps fear out of us. There's no fear for us. Okay? But we have a more sure, intimate word. We have a more sure, intimate word. It's the word, way more than the word of prophecy. It's Christ who fulfilled it and brought us way above it to the heights right where he is at the right hand of his Father. See? And in the sight of God and our, and our Father in 1 Thessalonians 1.3. Now verse 4 says, Knowing, beloved brethren, your election of God, God's choice of you, his will, and your will meeting him. And that meeting place was in Christ. That meeting place. That's where, where is God the Father resting? In the work that his son finished. And where are we resting? In the work that he finished for us. And we meet there and we have a father is what we said in John 20 and verse 17. For our gospel came out unto you in word only, but also in power. And in the Holy Spirit, you see the capacity is Christ. It's everything that we have, but the power to function in the capacity is Christ himself, always by grace, no natural intellect whatsoever. He's telling these young, newborn babies in Christ, he's teaching them these things. Again, we've said so many times, don't ever believe the lie. This is too deep for you when this is ours, made ours in Christ and given to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because again, it's power that comes from him. We don't have it, but he has it, and he unlocks it all. In power and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance, as you know, what manner of men we were among you for your sake. In other words, it wasn't so much what we said, it was how we conducted and lived our lives in your presence to reveal Christ, to reveal that written epistle that we're to be, all of us, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 2 through 6, that written epistle known and read of all men, so that we can give a hope of the reason that's in us through meekness. And, and we see that in Colossians chapter 4, verse 5. And then we always have our speech seasons with grace. You see, it's all grace. It's all Christ. And if it's grace, it's truth. And if it's truth, it's grace. And if it's both, it is, it's Christ. And we become that salt that preserves. In Colossians 4 and verse 6, he said, And you became followers as us, of us and of the Lord. You see that? That's what Paul said. Follow me as I follow Christ. In 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 1. Having received the word. Listen, folks. Listen, men, women. Having received the word in much affliction. We're not being punished for sin. <laughs> God's not punishing us with the like and judging us like the world, the unsaved world, prophecy, judgment, right? But with joy. 
joy because before I was afflicted in Psalm 119.67, I went astray. So the afflictions that are appointed and measured by love, flowing through grace, were measured by all his wisdom. In 1 Thessalonians 3.3, 3, and that's why it says, if you lack wisdom, let it ask of God. And he'll give you the counsel, in James 1, 5, he'll give you the counsel of his word. What are afflictions for? For those that are in Christ. Just keep that light burning in who we are. It's proper image. Proper image. The word in much affliction with joy in the Holy Spirit, because there's joy in the presence of God, in Psalm 16, 11. In verse 7 of 1 Thessalonians, so that you were examples, types, examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia, for from you, listen to this, these newborn babies in Christ, listen to this, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord. <laughs> what was being sounded out? In 1 John 2, and 1 John 2, and verse 12, knowing they're forgiven all their sins. 1 John 2, 12, knowing that love through Christ, what he's accomplished, has forgiven them of all their sins. And look at what their message was. Newborn. Newborn. Again, I was blessed by what Mike Fenton told me about a young man. His name is Cabe. He's reading, and I was reading that book over and over again today. I'd given it to two people recently and, and praying that God would use it to bring them to salvation. It's the most important thing in their life wherever we're with, to the unsaved, it's the most important thing for them. And it's not to be like them in any measure. It's not to laugh at what they laugh at that's not of Christ. It's not to be with them in any other way than to present Christ. That's it, to present it with strong conviction. No condemnation, but a ton of conviction. And that 17-year-old told Mike, he said, I've read that 17 years old. Some ask me questions. They do, and I, I have asked my own, and God always answers me through the word. But some ask me questions about why they struggle in sowing and reaping. Here's my answer to you. Reread again in prayer and in humility. Reread the entrance to the calling. Uh, a must. And then read causeless love. If that doesn't answer, I don't know what else would. I just don't know. And it's good to ask. And it is. And, and don't stop. Don't stop. And that means being entreatable. And I was so blessed. That 17-year-old. Oh, that's too much. For a 17-year-old? He said, I read it five times. I'm rereading it. Every single time, I get more and more out of it. Every single time. And we're adults. Much older been given much more time and if we've been given much more time have we been given much more grace and are we not much more accountable in love but are we not am I not for from you in 1 Thessalonians 1.8 for from you sounded out the word of the Lord not only in Macedonia and Achaia but in every place they were going everywhere Every place your faith to God would have spread abroad. They were abroad. They were going around telling people this stuff. Newborn babes. Hey, you know what? 
He saved me. Newborn babes. Newborn. Not occupied with the cares of this life. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, in verses 24 to 34, not getting involved in all of that. No. Sounding abroad, no matter who they were with, they weren't being like them. No, they have a light. They have a light. I don't know what makes people think, you know, that if I want to win and thank God for any sin, sins are bad, but if I want to win an alcoholic, I got to go to the bar room and sit with them? Really? I don't think so. Personal choices, but I'm going to tell you, I don't think so. Especially when they're without Christ. Especially when they are. Especially, most especially. is spread abroad so that we need not speak anything <laughs> in terms of what these young people were doing it. Look at verse 9. Listen to what it says. For they themselves selves show of us, they prove to us what manner of entering in we had unto you. <laughs> and how you turn to God. Listen to this. Boy, I'll tell you. Us older, educated Christians that have been around for a long time. <laughs> How you turn to God from idols. The thing itself may not be bad, but when that thing begins to compete with Christ in me as a day star, as light, it's an idol. It's competing with who I am in Christ and not wanting that light to get out. That's what it is. Very convicting to me. Strongly, strongly convicting to me. And not just with some people. Not just with some people do we have this strong conviction, but with others, no matter how long they've known us, even much more them than those new ones. Much more them. God always, in Exodus 11, 7, 1 Kings 18, 21, he always puts a difference between e, e, us and the world. Always do they see the difference. Always. Not sometimes. We don't win them by being like them. We have a day star. We have a day star. They're being deceived by the false day star, the lying day star that has them captured. Their will has been captured. They're a prisoner, and I saw it in living color with a tremendous amount of conviction. We don't just do it with some that don't, that don't know us too well, and we don't have a reputation to try and protect. Listen, you know what a reputation has to do with the world, okay? I have a thing to do with who we are in Christ. Anyway, very con Convicting to me. Just want to make that clear. This is very convicting to me. How they turned from, from idols. They stopped it to serve, to worship the, the living and true God, not the false one anymore. Well, I have a reputation to be a certain way in a certain area. Excuse me? You in Christ, is Christ in you? Who are you trying to prove what to? That's earthly, 
sensual, natural, there, sensual, and, and demonic. You don't believe me? That's the word. That's James 3, 15, 16, and 17. And God is giving us clear, precise discernment through, listen, love that convicts us that we have the day star in us and don't allow the day star in you to shine so that you don't enter into what? Their condemnation without Christ and that you'll experience it in the flesh. But remember, we have the flesh in us, but we're not of it. To serve, to worship the living and true God. Now listen, here's verse 10. And to wait for his son from heaven. That's second coming. That's, that's the prophetic word. <laughs> to wait for him. Who? Who? Oh, God. I, you know, God forbid that I should ever disturb someone from seeing me in, in, in natural viewpoint and a reputation. You know what a reputation is? who men say I am, and who they see me as. You know what character is? Who I am in Christ. Stop trying to protect character. This is God's convicting me. Stop trying to protect your fleshly, natural character. You might offend them. Excuse me? What? Presenting Christ is going to offend them? Did someone, when they gave you the gospel and you responded to it, did you, were you offended? Oh, I'm afraid I'll offend them. No, I'm not. Here, here's these two booklets. It's about, here, it's about time. God, yeah? God, I don't know. I don't know the time that they have on the earth. Oh, well, for now, you know, I got to pray, pray about it. They're right in front of you. Pray about it. This is very convicting to me, I promise you, for me. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered them, delivered us from the wrath to come. No wrath for us. Understanding prophecy, is there any fear in that? Does it have to do with heavenly people that are in Christ, even though they're on the earth? Does it have to do with them? No, not a single thing. See, don't mix the, don't mix the day stars. <laughs> Because that's not the, the day star in Isaiah 14, 9 to 17, is not the day star that Christ is. Isn't that interesting? And that's why here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says this. Verse 1, but of the time and seasons, brethren, this is time and seasons, prophecy being worked out on the earth, you have no need that I write unto you. They didn't. <laughs> babes. Babes teaching us. Teaching the rapture. How many Christians old even understand that? Biblical truth, foundational truth in Christ. And of course we know it and how. We had to be humbled. That's right. Stop with the intellect, natural intellect, and start through grace and humility receiving what you have in Christ. For you yourselves, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 2... Know perfectly that the day of the Lord, now when it says the day of the Lord, this is prophecy, this is the Lord coming, judgment being fulfilled in, in Revelations, the 19th chapter. These are the scriptures. Revelations, the 19th chapter, specifically 11 to 16 down right to into the 20th chapter of Revelations. So, so the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. What's that mean? What's that? Is that the hearken back? Remember Noah? 
120 years building the ark. 120 years. They were eating, drinking, mocking him, ridiculing him. Oh, I don't want to... I don't want to present Christ, especially those that are closest to me, because, you know, after all, huh, they've known me in a natural sense, and I've known them. Well, you know why? Too bad. Here's the truth, because I love you. Here's the truth. You know, Christ made himself of no reputation. You know what that means? Huh. Ooh. Philippians 2, verse 7. He made himself of no reputation. I'm afraid of what someone might... Excuse me? You have that fear and not godly reverence? <laughs> oh, God. For you yourselves know how perfectly, completely the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. They laughed, mocked, ridiculed with their natural intellect. Boy, does he use that. He gets people occupied with things like you have no idea. Gets them so occupied, gets them so involved in, it, in their natural intellect that they miss God. And don't have a care. Don't have a care for him. No. But he comes as a thief in the night, 120 years. They ate, they drank, they married and gave in marriage. They just didn't care. Does that sound similar to our days? You know, similar to our days? A time of violence in Genesis 6, 11, but we're going to see it. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. That's how close we are. They were eating and drinking and being merry and a lot of good it did, people. A lot of good it did. Bunch of nonsense for any of us, I'm saying. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be with the coming of the Son of Man. Gosh, do we even see it? What's going on in our country and around the world? That's 23, 37, 36, and 37 of Matthew. And that's being, Jesus was saying that. And he said, that's what happened in Noah's day. And then in one night, doors were closed in the ark. Judgment came. One night. I don't know. Is that the one night of the loved one that we know? We should take it very seriously. I mean it too. With neighbors? Very seriously. Yeah? Yes, yes, we should. We should give them the gospel. But we don't live like them. We don't. We do not. We do not do it. And, I'm, and, and, and with conviction, for this guy, over. <laughs> Completely. Not doing it. And if I suffer persecution, it just means... In 2 Peter 3.12, then I'm actually godly. <laughs> and it's not anything that I would fear. I would rather reverence and have awe of him than fear a stupid reputation of what someone wants me to be so they can be who they are in their fallen state and be comfortable around me while they do it. <laughs> I laugh because it's so convicting and it's, it's so good. For when they will say peace and safety, ah, every day's the same. Yeah, for 120 years, that's right. Yeah, he wasn't long-suffering, not willing that any should perish in 2 Peter 3, 9, was he? No, of course not. No, he's not coming, is he? 
For when they will say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. How about the young man who'd go out one night drinking, thinking that was going to be the same, got in the car accident, and into eternity he entered. You know anyone like that? Do you know, does that happen? Do we, any of us know? Did any of us know our loved ones? One time they went out and they just were, what happened? Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5 and verse 16. Then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they will not escape. But you brethren, listen, but you brethren are not in darkness. That's prophecy in this world system being fulfilled. You're not in darkness. That that day should overtake you because we have the day star in us. That that day, what? The day of the Lord, judgment. We have the day star in us, no judgment. Are not in darkness so that that day should overtake you as a thief. You should know better. You should, Christians, young Christians, brand new, are being taught this stuff. Oh, this is too deep. This belongs in the seminary. No, this is in the Bible for every Christian. Every single Christian. You are all the children of light. This understanding that he's teaching. Follow it all the way back. That, you, yeah, that children of the day, we are not of the night. Worldly. Sight, reputation. Laugh at they, what they laugh at. Gossip about what they gossip about. Sit there. No. 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 The, day, the time is far spent. Read Romans 13. 12. The night is far spent. Read Romans 13. 11, 12, 13. All the way down through. Not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep in passivity. In stupid reputation, as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. Listen, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. Please, but let us who are of the day, the day, Christ, the day star, be sober, knowing the truth, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath, That's prophecy. You watch the wrath being poured out. Read Zechariah, the 14th chapter. Read Revelations, the 19th chapter. Read all of those previous chapters, starting at chapter 6 to 18 in Revelations, to which has nothing to do with us, the church. We have the day star in us. For God has not appointed us unto wrath. He taught them that in 1 Thessalonians 1.10. He's not appointed us unto wrath. God is not angry. He will lovingly discipline. Right? Remember? 1 Thessalonians 1.10. And to wait for his son from heaven. What's to be our position? Earthly. Everything about the earth. Getting everything. Get all our ducks in a row. Really? That's our life? No, 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 it's not. No, to wait for his son from heaven because where's our position? It's in Christ. In Christ, where is he? He's in the heavens. That's our position. We're to have the vertical. Remember the, the window on the ark? 
It was on top. It was vertical. They were to look up. No judgment for them. They were being delivered. Look up. We're to wait for him. That's to be our view. It's not to be, oh, woe is me. Look at what I'm going through. No. Yes, we suffer affliction. Yes, we pay, pray for one another and weep for one another. Yes, but Christ is our life. And we are encouraged to go forward. We encourage one another. In Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10, and you'll, if you read those, you'll see the beauty of that. To wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, and delivered us from the wrath to come. Yes. You are all children of the light. For God has not appointed us, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, appointed us to wrath, but salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, listen to this. Who died for us. He killed us. Natural relationship. As far as he's concerned, there's nothing worthy in it at all. It's corrupt in Ephesians 4 and verse 29. Who died for us, that whether we are asleep, we are awake or asleep, listen to this, we should live together with him. How did he live around others? Is he our example in 1 Peter 2, 21? Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another. And to do that. And then read 1 Thessalonians, uh, the fourth chapter. We're going to close with Titus. In Titus chapter 2, in verse 7, it says, In all things, showing yourself, yourself, showing yourself what is a pattern of good works. And we know that's Christ, isn't it? In Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. In, in teaching doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, soberness, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part might be ashamed. What's that mean? When you get around others and, and they're unsaved, you don't live like them, you don't talk like them, and you, you, you abstain from that so that God can show them the shame of where they're living rather than you or me fearing my reputation. In the flesh. Oh, God. No wonder there's no fellowship. Boy, is it time. God's telling me that. Boy, is it time in every area. Sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to save you. Why? Because you don't live like them. You're not laughing at what they laugh. You don't do the things that they do. You don't. Imagine if I, li- if I thought I had to live like everyone else from that lived in the gutter all the way up to high society in, in the most hidden and evil sins. That, if I, that somehow to win them, I had to be just like them and do what they say. God, we don't want to offend them. Yeah, yeah never mind offending Christ in you. Just, don't, just make sure you don't offend them. Good if they're offended. Not in a negative, down their throat stuff. See, this is, the, this is the teaching that we have in the local assembly here. This is where you get it. Not in your private devotions and your private things. <laughs> okay? For any of us. That's true for any of us. We're all a part of the body of Christ. Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again. Not purloining, you got to look these words up, <laughs> but showing all good fidelity, 
that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. Listen, here we go for grace. Here we go for grace. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Yeah. Even creation in Psalm 19, 1 through 6, teaches it with Romans chapter 1 and verse 18 to 32. Teaching us. What does grace teach us? Listen to me. Denying ungodliness. That's worldly reputation, by the way. That's right. Who do we dress for? The Lord? I mean, is he our life? Whatever we do, do we do it as unto him? Denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly, clear thinking, righteously and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and, that, and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That we're, our view is vertical. It's not on this earth, guys. Men, women, it's not on this earth. If that's what occupies the majority of your time, your view is wrong. It's to be vertical. It's to be vertical. Vertical. We've got a handful of years in Psalm 90, verse 10. Handful of years for God to work in, for God to work in these eternal realities in our life. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. Why did he give himself for us? So we can live the way we want. Talk the way we want. Be the way we want. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. And iniquity we will function in, even as believers, when our will is not submitted. And we know if it's iniquity, who's the father of all iniquity? In Ezekiel 28 and verse 15, which is the father of all lies in John 8 verse 44. And purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Don't let any man despise you. Don't let anyone despise what you say. Don't be worrying. Don't be worrying about their faces. Don't worry about them. You just preach the word. Preach the love of our precious Savior, Jesus Christ. That's right, the purity of this. And what this is, this is the message of the purity of God's love for you and I who are in Christ. Did, did we understand that? We are pure in him. We have everything in him. And now we go and, we, and just rest in the everything that he is in us and let that flow to others. Let it flow right out to others. Let that life and rest flow out to others. And then they can read us when they don't have a Bible. We see 1 John 3.18, love not in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. See? Let that word flow out. That word. Because it's not what we say that wins people. It's how we live our life that backs it up. And we are his own treasure, by the way. He's ours because he's made himself ours and we're his because he's made us his. And a love that nothing, nothing as far as he's concerned will ever disturb or distract. Father, thank you for your precious word. In Jesus' name, amen.